Bam 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 Welcome back, everyone. It's Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck even less than it does already. <laughs> that makes it sound like life is amazing. Yes. I hope your life is amazing. We hope your life is amazing. That's Misty Stinnett. That's Lisa Linky doing an amazing job with I've the intro. On it. We can tell. Thank We're you. so proud of you. And guys, this is not our normal episode where we review a full book. Nope. This is the weekly beef. The le weekly beef. Le buff weekly. Mm-hmm. And in this, we're going to check in on some homework. We're going to uh, hear a listener email. And mm-hmm. then I believe Misty has a thought-provoking question. I have a thought-provoking question. I'm going to spring on Lisa. She hasn't heard it. She's had no chance wait. to prepare. And like I'm really Tigger. excited to like hear. Like Tigger, you're going to spring it on me. Thank you so much. Like a Serta mattress. Thank you. Like, uh, like the season that comes after winter. Like a can of peanuts that's fake. Uh, Misty, <laughs> talk to me about your homework from Rich Dad that Poor Dad. That reminded me of those like snakes in a can where that's it's exactly like what it was. popcorn and then you, oh, I get it. I thought you meant the peanuts were fake. Same page, miscommunication. It happens to the best of us, everyone. How's your communication with your partners going? Uh-huh. So, Misty, you I assigned you homework from uh, uh, Rico Dad, Pobre Dad. <laughs> Is that? That's the Spanish version. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Um, yeah, you, I was confused about what assets versus liabilities are. And an income statement versus a, 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 balance, a balance sheet. sheet. And uh, you assigned me homework to read the chapter from the book. Yeah, to see if uh, you could make sense of First it. things first, bravo to you for getting through this book because... Hey, all, <laughs> right? Hey. So this was our last episode, if you haven't heard it. It's like, what, the best-selling financial book of all time or Blurf. something insane? Blurf. Um, so I read the chapters and he has these, what he says are self-proclaimed oversimplified diagrams for it. But basically, an asset is anything that makes you money without you having to work. Yes. And a liability is anything that... You owe money you to. You owe money to. That's money coming out. So um, we'll keep this really brief. This was a, a pretty brief thing in the book. But... Um, and you know that that's different than, than a, um, an income statement, which is just income versus expenses. Right. 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 Because, so for instance, like your student debt, your credit cards, your mortgage, your those, are all, payment. Yeah. those are all liabilities, yes. right? But your expenses are things like your rent yes. and food and utilities. sort of like those necessities, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it almost feels to me, and this is not what he says in the book, but it almost feels to me like liabilities are like excess debts on top of like bare bones necessities. Yeah, that's a great way of distinguishing it. Great. And so the only thing that I'm still a little bit confused by, and I'd love, I'd actually love to hear from, I always would love to hear from anyone listening, the assets he lists, and he does say these are oversimplified diagrams, but then he never really expands upon any of it. Mm -hmm. The assets he lists are real estate, Mm -hmm. stocks, bonds, notes, and intellectual property. So if you've got IP, intellectual property, like a script, a book, a novel, you write songs, you've got a business patent of some kind, you're an inventor, anything like that, good for you. I don't think that most people going through life have IP. Well, there's a whole subsection of like patent trolls, right? So some people might consider that. Sure. 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 But that still like, feels like yeah. that's like a minor percentage of people. You're right. And so, and then that leaves real estates, stocks, bonds, and notes. Yep. So it, the, 
anybody who has excess income can invest if that's what they so choose to do. But I was a little bit confused about how real estate is assets, but your liabilities are a mortgage. Right. Because it's it's two sides of the same coin, you know? Yeah, I think what, how he would clarify, and then we can just throw this book away and burn it, <laughs> and burn it. is um, real estate would be real estate that you own that you don't have a payment on. Oh, so like got it. you bought a, ho- a home um, and you paid it off and now you rent it. Got it. So okay. there is some liability in that you have to buy insurance for that. Yeah, but property probably taxes. Put that in expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, and then the other thing is like, okay, well, what if you bought a place and it's not paid off, but the rental income you're getting from it puts you in the green by, you know, several hundred dollars every month. Mm-hmm. So, so again, it's oversimplified, but it, I, I would love to hear from everyone listening. What is your idea of an asset? I really want to know. Are you like, oh no, I have this little like side hustle or this this side thing I've set up or passive income mm-hmm, in some mm-hmm. way that and that's something that works really well for me. So I'd really love to know. Um, I'm sitting on mine. What is it? Your butt? Yeah, my ass. Oh my god, I'm leaving. <laughs> Goodbye. Okay, so well, that's the end of our entire podcast yeah, series. Yes. <laughs> so thank you. Yes, thank you for making me read that. I think I still want to know more because it's like, oh, cool. So my options are like mm-hmm. investments or real estate. Like, okay, so yeah. what do I do now? Yeah. You know, or what is there anything that somebody who doesn't have a lot of disposable income can be yeah. working towards to to create those? So um, I want to share a really sweet listener story. This is from my mom. Yay. Mom, thank you so much for writing so many listener stories in. You're a really good writer and yeah. I really enjoy these. Yeah, we're so grateful. So this is called The Doggy Test. I love it. Uh, so my mom, Karen, says, okay, so my parents were out of the country and had left my 16-year-old brother and myself, age 14, at home for two weeks. You know, it's funny. I read that before I came in today. That's a bold move. Yeah. A 16 and a 14-year-old well, for year? two I weeks. I mean, not, not outing your mom in terms of her age, but like this was not... Mid-70s. This is the mid-70s. Oh, yeah. They did that all the time. That was considered normal. Dude, how many parties did you throw, Mom? Um, so unused to making spaghetti sauce from scratch, I decided to wing it. Oh, okay. How could it... Another bold move. Yeah, she says, how hard could it be? Mom had made many times with myself as occasional casual observer. Sure. Meat browning in the pan, I reached for spices as our dog, Sam, drooling somewhat, watched nearby. Okay. Sam eats everything, and this was a favorite of his. With a mixture of generosity and guessing. (laughs) (laughs) Two of my favorite ingredients. Yes, she says, I added a teaspoon of every single spice in the kitchen cupboard to the meat and tomato sauce. Your face is amazing, Lisa. What are you saying? Oh my gosh, my mom uh, is calling me right now. Sorry, mom, I just ignored your call so that I can... (laughs) Continue reading this. <laughs> because I'm dying to know. She uh, she continues, my brother and I launched into dinner with gusto. Not for long. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like cinnamon. Pumpkin pie spice, pumpkin pie mustard spice, seed, cayenne. Oh. Our taste buds were in a state of shock. So we gave a portion to Sam. No. He was the smartest of us three. He took one sniff and walked away. <laughs> Only human food in his eight years of life that he never ate. Takeaway from this? Yes, we had takeaway food delivered to our door. (laughs) And I learned that it is very wise to read the directions. Maybe that's where women of the day learn to ask for directions. Oh, my God. She's hilarious. Isn't she so funny? I love that she was like 
so game to try anything. I love it. Well, and it goes to show that like, even if you're not aware of it, like think about self-help, it's like, I'm all right, I'm going to try and learn this new skill. It's, it out. Meat, it's meat tomato sauce. How hard My can mom it be? Does it. How hard can it How be? How hard can it I be? I will say one of the best gifts I ever got when I first moved out on my own was um, the Betty Crocker, the original Betty Crocker cookbook that's <gasps> like the red it. and white I checkbook. Love it tells it. you how to do everything. Yes. And then what's the other one? Is it a, a taste of home? Yeah, I think so. Is yeah. that the one? And it's white and it's got that big red circle in the front. Mm-hmm. I or think is- I know what you're talking about. Or there's also like the Splendid Table. There's like a bunch that oh are like, God. that Betty Crocker one though tells you how to like can, how to make a cake from yes, scratch, I- how to like like carve a turkey. Like I cannot believe when I look up recipes in the back of the one my mom gave me. Yeah. That's like, it's not the Betty Crocker one. It's the, oh, it's called The Joy of Cooking. Yeah, That's the one. And it, um... There's no recipe that's not in there. I know, like it's when amazing. I'm like, well, is there some sort of salmon salad with a citrus <laughs> twist? And I look it up in the back, and it's there. What about like a brown Betty? You better believe it. That's right. Okay, I love you it. Betty, believe it. Okay, <laughs> someone is back on the game. <laughs> that's right. We are recording today in daylight, not after a full day's work, and yeah. we are pumped. And Lisa is just like glowing and energetic <laughs> and so happy. Um. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, that's so it's it's just interesting how like even if you don't realize it, you're already starting to like DIY. Mm-hmm. I mean, life is DIY, right? Okay. Thanks, so Misty's mom. That was amazing. Yes. Thanks, mom. So, are you ready for my thought provoking question? Sí. Soy estoy lista. I'm speaking Spanish today. Yeah, I'm ready. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. So we're all crazy busy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We all have things we'd like to prioritize more. Yeah. But so many things come up. Yeah, I'm I'm teeing you into this. Yeah, volunteer requests, yeah. invitations to friends' parties or book clubs, after hours meeting requests, like yeah. drinks with a colleague. Yeah, right. Thank you. <laughs> and I've found in the past that these sort of things can sneakily and completely take over my calendar. Okay, like before I know it, I'm looking at like a month's worth of breakfast or after work drinks or feeling like I have to go to a friend's wedding shower because there's all these like milestone life events, but so many people are having them. Yeah. Um, and I find that they take over my calendar to the point where I don't have free time to focus on the things that truly matter or that would truly make a difference in my life. Like writing another script or brainstorming another short story or downtime to fill up my cup so that I don't feel like a crazy person, right? Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to turn these things down in a way that makes both parties feel good but doesn't push obligations to a later date or or where you're not making up some thin excuse to get out of it, right? Because a lot of it is like, well, I'm busy now. And then the person's like, okay, well, how about next month? Yeah. And then it's just shoved to the future. So my question for you is this. Yeah. How do you say no to people without manufactured ins- excuses in a way that makes both of you feel good and valued? I love this. I want to tell you that it gets better. <laughs> I am older than you. Mm-hmm. And after a while... Your friends stop getting married. Oh, um, good. <laughs> yeah. I remember I had a year where I went to eight weddings, and I was in six of them. Ooh. And I was not – I was waiting tables. Like, I was poor. And it's always a bridal shower gift, <sighs> a wedding gift, oftentimes travel to the wedding, yeah. a new outfit for the wedding, yeah. food while you're there, transportation to the airport. It's like – it's $1,000 every single wedding. Yeah, and that's if you don't have pets to board. That's right. Right. So – um, I want to say that it won't always be like this. Great. <laughs> Great. Two, um, you know, 
I find that I have kind of, you know, my mom used to say this. You guys know Linda. You heard her on a mini so Linda. She used to say, you know, I just get older and I just care less about this stuff. And it used to, mm-hmm. I used to be like, what the fuck? That's mm-hmm. crazy. You have to care about shit. And now I'm just kind of like, oh, I really don't care. It seemed, because I have less energy and she has less energy. I mean, my Grammy's 108. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. When you have less energy simply because you're aging and you have more things that you, like, have to get done in the mm-hmm. day that are—it just kind of sifts out. Do you know what I mean? I do. But the thing is, I don't feel like I have a ton of energy now. Great. And when a dear friend says, I'm having a baby shower, even when it's a terrible time for me to go and yeah. I know I'm not going to get a lot of FaceTime with her, you know, kind of a yeah. thing— I still struggle with how do I say no? Or in the entertainment industry, it is so dependent on your network. Your network is such a big part of, you know, when a new job's opening up, those are the people who are going to push for you and write recommendation letters on your behalf or know about the jobs and that, you know, that sort of thing. And I, I have cooled off a bit, yeah, but it is hard to say, I, I'm not up to this right now. And I'm I'm on draft with a script. Thank you so much. I'd love to see you. I hope, like, without that, I hope to catch up soon or maybe when I'm done. Or, you know, I feel like I always need to throw this, like, bone. I get it. As opposed to just saying, like, I'm good for now. I think we've got a great relationship and I don't need to sit across from you at dinner, you know. Yeah. To do that, so. So here's a couple of thoughts. One, I feel like, and maybe maybe this is different for you, but I feel like I know right away when somebody offers something whether or not I want to do it. Right away. Great. Right away. So the ones that you do, you make time for. Mm-hmm. And the ones that you don't, you don't. And it sounds very cutthroat, but you don't have to meet everybody's request to spend right. time with you. You're amazing to spend time with. I love spending time with you. Thank you. If, if there's any value in being authentic about it by saying, and I love using a yes and, Mm. So first start by acknowledging and validating the request, right? Like, oh, my God, that sounds so amazing. I would love nothing more than to have a nice, long, lengthy dinner where we could just chill and relax and drink wine and connect. Yeah. And don't use but, don't use however, don't use, you know, uh, sadly. Just say, and right now I am at the max and it is not a good time for me and I'm really stressed. And I know you understand. And I know you'll get it when I say, I just can't. And it makes me feel special that you reached out because just this invitation is giving me energy to keep going. Yeah. And I hope you can reach out to me when you when you feel low energy. Oh, that's nice. And you're but, you're continuing on with like maybe later or whatever is not about meeting their need. I think mm-hmm. it's about meeting your need of letting them down and feeling bad about it. Yeah, about assuaging the guilt a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, that all sounds amazing. The only other thing I would say is that's assuming this is a great friend and you're mm-hmm. open to sharing. I'm really stressed. Yeah. I'm low energy. I'm burnt out. So I think for anybody listening, do you have any pointers? And I don't mean to put all the, like, I have some ideas too. I don't mean to put the the mental load on you. Yeah, but I'm, I'm curious to know. But also, I push back and say, what's wrong with letting people know like, exactly. where we're at? Well, exactly. But if people are not there in their own transparency process, or if it's, a, if it's a frenemy reaching out, and you would rather just not give any fuel to the fire, or it's someone you know gossips, or, you know, that sort of thing. Or if it's someone a little bit high up that you want, like an old manager, and you want them to feel like, 
you you can handle all your shit, even though none of us, you know, all of us are are just doing the best we can. Do you feel like there's a way to just be like, hey, now's not a good time for me. And I love that you reached out. Well, see, now's not a good time for me is sort of implying there there will be a good so time. So I think you so. can then just yes and in a different way. Right. By just being like, oh, my gosh, I'm so, talk about how you feel about them asking you. Like yeah. if it's a manager or something. Yeah. It sounds it. It feels really good to re- to for you to want to reconnect. Yeah, um, that the what you're suggesting is inconvenient in my schedule right now. Is there something that I can do for you? Um, you know, is is there something that you need? Can I help yeah. you? Right, because I think that's a way. Because maybe they want to get together because they're uncomfortable just outright asking for something. Yeah, I so, feel like a lot of people do that. Yeah, so I think what happens is a lot is we put all the focus on ourselves mm-hmm. instead of putting the focus on them. Mm-hmm. And when we put the focus on the other person, it makes it pretty easy, right? Yeah. Because then it's how like, can I be of service to you even though I can't meet up? Yeah. Right. Because when I hear that, I don't hear "fuck you, you're lame." I don't want to hang out with you. I hear yeah. "I want to help you." It's not convenient for me to do the thing that you suggested. Do you need something? And yeah. can I be of service? Yeah. Which is a totally different message than, you know what? Yeah. It's actually, I might be going out of town, but like, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And people you know see I mean? through that. Yeah. yeah. So by just saying, oh my gosh, it feels really good to hear from you. Yeah. And, uh, and to know that you want to connect with me is is putting the biggest smile on my face right now. The time that you suggested is really inconvenient for see, me. See, that, that to me, I keep bumping on inconvenient. Yeah. That to me is kind of like a fuck you. Like, I could make it happen, but it just isn't great for me. Like, as opposed to, I'm unable to meet right now. Well, however you word it is yeah. fine. Whatever yeah, yeah, works yeah. best for you, what feels good out of your mouth. Yeah. For me, if somebody said it's inconvenient, I, I don't care. I don't know their schedule. So right. why, why would I assume that if I said, can you do dinner Tuesday night at 7, for them to go, that's inconvenient. Okay. Or that's I'm unavailable. Okay. Unavailable to me is different than inconvenient. Inconvenient means I could do it. It would just be a pain in the ass for me. And I'm choosing to stay. Anyway, I don't want to get hung up on it. But the, again, like see how sensitive people are to words. Like I I'm don't disagree with that. Words, so. But again, to me, if you start with a yes, I'm going to be much more, much more available and open to what to what your message is. Yeah, absolutely. No, I and I love what you're saying so yeah. far. And I, I love this idea of like, I'm so glad to hear from you. I would love to do this, and I don't have the time. I guess I guess why I was saying inconvenient, and and again, we don't care. But here's I'm feeling very protective of you right now, Misty, because it sounds really interesting to me that you're like, I don't want to meet with this person, but I don't want them to think that I can't meet with them. Do you know what I mean? That's the message I'm hearing from you. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm fine saying I can't meet with you, but going inconvenient, to me, that specific phrase telegraphs low priority. Listen, you're not important enough for me to go out of my way to meet right now versus unable is like, oh, I've got other things that have nothing to do with you. That I'm not willing to switch around for you. To me, it's it's, it's, it's the, the same. same to you. So yeah. again, listen, yeah. you can't, I, I guess what I'm saying is you can't say it perfectly because you don't know how the other person will hear it. Okay. Yeah. We know absolutely. how we will hear yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. But I think you're right. Making trying to maintain starting a service with yes. mindset starting yeah. with a yes and be, you know if you say it's it's super inconvenient and i could mix a couple things around it would be really difficult for me to do so but i am willing then if that person is like this is super fucking important or if right. that person's like oh god no 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 right. no right? right for me when i say inconvenient i put the pressure on them to decide whether or not they want to ask me to do it or not yeah that's true i put the ball in their court that's true. which is a real sneaky underhanded move on my part yeah <laughs> So, so two things I've started doing. A very close friend of mine asked um, if I could help with her. Uh, she and her husband are 
are um, helping raise money for MS mm-hmm. for this campaign. And it's such a worthy cause and it's so amazing. And and she reached out and wrote this really nice email. Would you be willing to do X, Y, and Z and sort of like be part of our team and training? And we think you'd be incredible at this and that. And I successfully wrote the email that was like, I would love to do this. I can't do this right yeah. now, which felt really good. good. And I, I said, I said, but let me know if I can put you in touch with anybody yeah. who might be able to help. I'd be happy to make an introduction. A so, service mindset. Yeah. So that felt really good. Um, um, and she she took it very well. And it was really lovely. Uh, and uh, I have one very quick tangentially related question that's yes. the same thing. What do how do you have any techniques for saying no to a friend or person who's regularly in your life yeah. who like wants to hang out or keeps reaching out, but who uh, maybe is someone that exhausts you or doesn't feed you or feels like a negative influence? How do you because not you can't sit down with everybody and say like, "Hey, your negative energy is really wearing on me, and I can't I can't bear the mental load of." Like I, you know what I mean? Is have you ever had to do that in a way? That's a great question. <laughs> it's the same, but harder than the first one. Well, listen. Here's what I will say. Okay. If this person is super important to me and I want to continue hanging out with them, it sounds like what is happening is that there's there's some tension. There's something that I'm not addressing. Yeah. And what I would rather do is just avoid them. And listen, that's a mighty fine choice because yeah. some people, like I remember there was an incident that happened and I was like, well, I'm going to have to have a conversation with this person. And my best friend, Sarah, was like, why? Right. That person is not available to give you any kind of yeah. co- like conversation of value that you need. Right. And I was like, you know what? You are right. And that was like a really big learning moment for me. Yeah. And I, because I was like, well, my job is to speak my truth and like say what I need and tell this person about this event that they did where they really let me down. And she was like, that person can't do a goddamn thing for you. Like they let you down in this event. What makes you think they're going to be able to be present for this conversation? Yeah. It's not going to be a corrective thing. That's right. If they can't hear it. That's right. So right. I was like, oh, I don't need to hang out with that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't need to make an effort with this person anymore. Yeah. And I don't. This, the other thing would be if it's really tension filled and I'm feeling that like constant, uh, I would really want to hope that I would rely on my therapy, my years of group therapy and individual therapy and be able to say to this person, I need to talk to you about something. So here. Yeah. So what I totally hear what you're saying. And I, I'm not. These are things that have been present for me in the sure. past. So if anybody's listening, I'm hoping that you can apply any of this to and any if this has been avoiding you specific situation. It's you. It's you. It's all of you. <laughs> it's me. Um, um, no, I have really wonderful people in my life. But no, there are some friend circles where yeah. there's there's a few people that I'm always around socially mm-hmm. and they want to hang out. And the few times I have, I've just noticed like they take and take and take. Mm-hmm. And I'm a giving person, and I do try to be really present, and and they just keep taking and, well, and not feeding. And, it. Well, it's one of those things where it's not – there is no point in sitting down because we're not great friends no. and going, here's yeah. this. They're not going to be able to give you or what you need. Or a corrective conversation, but I'm going to keep seeing them in social circles. So, you know, it, it's – I have friends who've, who've often described, like, literally envisioning a bubble around themselves so that when they interact mm. with that person, nothing comes in. It just bounces right off. Nothing comes in. If you know that they're going to be that, then you can go in kind of buffering yourself up saying, listen, I know that when I see this person, they're going to trigger me somehow and I'm going to feel the need to give and give and give or spend time and energy. And I don't have to. 
Right, right. And so, you know, and, and I'm, it takes practice. It does take practice. And I think like at parties where I see those people like, A, I am a busy person. I don't have a ton of time. So there's truth to all of that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it has just making sure I don't schedule one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. When I see them, I'm generous and polite, but I make a quick exit. if I Because they're lovely people and I love that they find comfort and nurturing from mm-hmm. our interactions, mm-hmm. but I feel so drained when we leave or they don't even realize how much negativity they're bringing into the room, you know. I, I'm Because I'm your friend and I love mm-hmm. you and I don't know these people, I'm going to invite you to always ask for what you want. And if that person <laughs> wants to have a one-on-one with you, I invite my friend to be very bold and say, either go and give nothing because my guess, my guess and my gut is that they won't keep asking you if they don't get what they want yeah you might just show them like oh our relationship has changed Mm -hmm. i'm not going to continually support and just when they complain i'm just going to say that sucks yeah and yeah (laughs) it's exhausting but that's another way of doing it yeah and then or just you know make an effort or say i have to be honest with you and i hope that you can hear this in a way that isn't about you but i've noticed it I feel kind of drained when I um, when I just give and give and give. So I'm really working on taking yeah, for myself. Yeah, and you know what's interesting is like depending on the day, I would totally say that, I, and I would totally and see how wrong it goes. With it. Yeah, and I think I think that's something that we get a lot um, as teenagers or when we're young adults, like our friends being like, "Do you realize you complain all the time?" Yeah. Or you know, somebody going, "Do you realize you use the word like?" every other fucking word and like people don't yeah. do that as much as adults hold up mirrors to each other so well really I think the way we do it here in LA is we go I'm just really trying to surround myself with positivity so when people Thank are like you. are you free they're like you know what I'm just I'm actually I'm just spending a lot of time with positive people yeah. like we just kind of say they, people say little things like that instead yeah. of saying when I spend time with you I find myself getting sucked into oh what's my god going on Lisa, it's so it's so passive aggressive they're like really trying to spend my time with it is passive aggressive people so i can't it is pass. it is passive aggressive rather <laughs> than it. taking ownership and accountability and yeah. saying here here's the things that i get triggered when i hang out yeah. with this person yeah well this is all really helpful i know and there's I've, no right answer and it, yeah and i have started doing some of those things and saying hey can i i can't meet up but can i answer any questions for you over email you know if i get those cold emails that kind of thing um and just the sort of gradual phase out and giving people the hint you know but yeah um but yeah, I just wanted to share it because it's not it's not easy. And I think we all have one or two people like that where we're like, ah, oh, shit. We do. And you know what? You're fucking amazing. Everyone is fucking amazing who's working really, really hard. Your time is precious. And you don't owe your time to anybody. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. We could all die tomorrow. We're all going to die. Thank you, Mark Manson. We're all going to die. Thank you, Mark Manson. So do I want to spend it scheduling a sit down in a coffee with somebody that I rarely see or that yeah. I don't get that I don't get a lot of value from. The yeah. answer is no. Yeah. And if that person chooses to get angry about that rather than reflect on why that is, that's yeah. their choice and it has nothing to choice. do with me. Yeah. I feel like Gay Hendrix would be uh proud of you in you this moment. You just ruined that moment. That's right. <laughs> Lisa was celebrating. She's done. Uh, but we'd love, I would love to hear Please from any of you amazing listeners what your experience has been. Or did you straight up tell a friend they were being an asshole and you don't want to hang out with them anymore? And how did that go? Yeah. <laughs> so let us know. And until next time, life, life is, is abundant. abundant. 
Go Help Yourself, a comedy self-help podcast to make life suck less, was produced by Misty Stinnett, Lisa Linky, and Matt Sav. Our theme song was also written by Matt Sav. He's amazing. <laughs> do you want to get in touch? You do. Email us at gohelpyourselfpodcast at gmail.com. And you know you can also find us on the social medias, Instagram at gohelpyourselfpodcast, Twitter at G-H-Y podcast, or check out our website, gohelpyourselfpodcast.com. And if you liked our podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes to help other people discover our show. It's really the least you can do. And why don't you tell all of your friends? Bye! Bye.